Well, we're starting a series. It's going to be a mini-series, a little shorter than the last one, today called The Grow Series. Look at somebody and say, we're growing up. We're growing up. How many of y'all are growing up? Come on, you haven't arrived yet, but you're getting a little better. You're growing up a little bit. And so we're all, listen, sometimes we, we focus a lot on destination and we focus a lot on perfection, but the Lord, I believe in this, is in the process. He's in the process of, of us growing. And this year, our theme has been what? Cultivate. Sorry, our theme has been cultivated, but this is the thing, is, is, is things that are, that are properly cultivated grow. Right, So if your heart is properly cultivated, then you're going to grow. You're going to have a growing, not just a lifestyle and the way that looks out, looks like practically and skills and all the things that we talked about, about during the Before King series, but you will, your spiritual life will grow. <laughs> now, some of you, you kind of peaked out. Come on. Typically, this is what happens for most people when they come to the Lord. This is what happens. They grow about the first six weeks that they come to the Lord and then they settle. And then they look back and they remember the glory years, right? I remember the church that I got saved in, and they had had the, the, the church had a history of some renewal, and all they could talk about was the good old days. That's all they ever talked about. Back when the church was on this street and God was moving. It's like, man, God wants to move today. God wants to grow you today. Listen, I don't care if you've been in the Lord for 10 minutes or you've been in the Lord for 10 decades. Come on, the Lord wants you to grow. So I'm going to today talk about roots and really about digging our roots and how do you dig roots? How do you grow in the Lord? Uh, And then next week, I'm going to talk about how trials and tragedy, and temptation, come on, and tension, and all those things grow us. Because a lot of times when we get in those things, we kind of tend to shut down, and we think, well, this isn't a growth season, it's just a hold-on season, right? And so, and then in, in a couple of weeks, uh, Pastor Joshua, our, one of our, half of our kids' pastor, is, uh, is going to be here. He's going to share a little bit about, about what it looks like, like living out this growth that has taken place in our life. So this is the big idea for the series, y'all okay? You ready? This is the big idea. Sometimes it's fruit. Sometimes it's root. But it's always growth season for believers. Can you say that with me? Sometimes it's fruit. Sometimes it's root. It's always growth season for believers. So listen, the season you're in right now in your life, it's a growth season. It's a growth season. Say, I'm in a growth season. For the rest of your life. I've been, for the rest of your life. Listen, I've been serving the Lord since 1993. That's, that's longer than some of you guys have been alive. In 1993 is when I came to Jesus. Did you know I've been growing since then? I've been growing. If somebody came up to me and they say, you've changed, that's a compliment. I hope I've changed. I hope I'm not the same old Josh Brown I was in 1993. Hopefully I've matured a little bit since that. Hopefully not too much. Come on, hopefully I'm not taking myself too serious, but I hope that I've grown. I, I, I remember... During that season when I came to the Lord, I remember driving down the road and seeing this old, like, kind of a, a you know, like a Lutheran church or something. And, and they had on their marquee, you know, churches always have the real terrible marquees. They always have t- things up there that, that just, they just know how to say the wrong thing at the right time. And so I remember driving by and it had the right thing at the right time. It said this, when growth stops, decay starts. And I remember seeing that, and I'll tell you what, I've never, I, I can picture it in my mind what that said, because that is a real statement. When you stop growing, you start dying. Did you know that? And so when growth stops, decay starts. And this is the thing, is your destiny is not going to be your destination unless you grow into it. Your destiny is not going to be your destination unless you grow into it. Destiny doesn't just happen. 
You got to grow into it. I remember when I was, when I was a little boy in about 1985, 11, about 11 years old. And I remember this, this was when Michael Jordan first came out on the scenes and then Nike for the first time introduced these shoes called Jordans, Air Jordans. Now we call them Jordan one and, and everybody wants to be vintage and, and someone blessed me with some of those awesome. But I remember, I remember looking at those Jordan ones. I think we got a picture of them. I remember looking at those Jordan ones and I was like, dang, those are some, those are some shoes. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I want those shoes. But you know, it, it might've been, it might, probably wasn't my destiny to have some of those shoes. Cause they were like, they were like 120 bucks back then. I mean, that's crazy. So relatively now, they're, they're relatively cheap. And so I, I remember just, you know, some people would have them and they would wear them. And I'd just be like, man, I wish if I could have some Air Jordans, come on, some red and black Air Jordans, I would be the man. So say someone at that time in my life brought me some Air Jordans and they were a size 12. And I was 11 years old and I wore a size 9. How many know that I would have took those Jordans, but I would have to grow in to those Jordans. And listen, I've seen this my whole life. I've seen people being given opportunities and they don't grow into their opportunities. I've, come on. Is, is that not the truth? Listen, sometimes the, you're not ready for it. Can I tell you, when it's a divine appointment, you're never ready for it. God wants to always grow you into what he has for you. So when you look at the situation that you say, man, I don't know if I can handle that. Just say yes to it and grow into it and grow into it. And I, I I've seen a lot of people not grow into it, and it's very unfortunate when that happens. So as believers, this is how we grow. You ready? First of all, we grow from strength to strength. Everybody say from strength to strength. Psalm 84, 7, they go from strength to strength. Come on, you're not just stronger today and weaker tomorrow. You're stronger today. You're stronger next week. Come on, you're, strong, you're stronger through the trials. You're stronger through the difficulties. You're stronger now than you were a year ago, a week ago, before that thing happened in your life. Did you know that you were going from strength to strength? So don't settle at the old strength. See, we have this idea. Let me help you. We have this idea of being sustained by God. L- let me talk about this for just a moment. Somehow the idea that the Christian life is about being safe, secure, and sustained right? And so we have little verses that we bought at Hobby Lobby and put them on our, on our, on our wall that are like, I just need mercy for the moment. And it's true. We, we do need that. Sometimes we just need that. And I'm, I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't want to be your anchor. He will be your anchor. I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't want to be your peace. He is your peace. He already is that. The Lord wants you to find that security in him. But sometimes what, we, what we're talking about is we're saying, I just want the Lord just to kind of not grow me but just leave me in this place in my life where I can just be sustained right here. But did you know that growing is not comfortable? Growing is painful. Uh, Judah, I I remember uh, several years ago, he'll be like, man, my back hurts, my leg hurts. What was he experiencing? He was experiencing growing pains, right? Because growing is uncomfortable. Come on, the clothes that you used to wear don't fit anymore. And how many, at a point in your life, you stop growing vertically and you start growing horizontally, right? And so you got to get bigger clothes. Come on, some of y'all are like, that's right. That's right. That's a, thanks, Pastor, for that affirmation. All right. But listen, life is difficult. Listen, Jesus doesn't make life easy. 
He gives you the peace to go through it. He gives you the peace to grow through it. He gives you the strength to grow through it. Life is painful. It's a stretch. It's discomfortable. It's discomfortable. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the word. That's the one. We knew what you were doing in school. Yeah, yeah, you do. Listen, he will be our peace. He will be our anchor. But listen, if, goal, if, if growth is your goal, being sustained won't be a problem. And some of you are just looking, Lord, I just, I just need you to get me through today. He isn't interested in just getting you through. He's interested in growing you through it. And if you will, listen, and if you will learn to develop growth habits when you're doing well, when you're going through the hard stuff, you're going to be like, man, I'm, I'm just growing through it. This is terrible. It's difficult. I don't want to grow through it necessarily, but I'm going to because I've learned the habit of growing. I've learned the habit of growing. So we grow from strength to strength. Secondly, as we grow from glory to glory, everybody say glory to glory. Come on. All the Holy Ghost people, we love this, right? We're going from strength to strength and glory to glory. But let, let me tell you this today, that Christianity is not just about the transformed life. It's about a life of transformation. So we don't, listen, we don't just come to the Lord and our life is changed and that's the end. No, we are being changed. We are being changed from glory to glory, from strength to strength. It's transformation. When was the last time you've had a transformation in your life? When is the last time things have changed? When was the last time you encountered God? Most of you, you can look back at an event and you can say it was that. And if, and if you're not careful, it'll be 20 years before it happens again. I refuse. I refuse to settle with what God has done in my life in the past. I love it, but I'm building off of it. I'm, I'm growing to the next thing. Amen, Link? Got Link's attention over here. He's like... We're engaged. We are connecting in the moment. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for paying attention. <laughs> Listen, we talk about being like Jesus. Did you know the only way that you're going to be like Jesus is if you grow <laughs> from glory to glory? Because he's on like a whole another level of glory. Like he's on a high, he's like, he is glory, right? He's like, he's like the pinnacle of glory. So if we're going to be like Jesus, then we've got to be notching up our glory ladder. We got to be going from glory to glory if we're going to be like him because he's leaps and bounds beyond us. And so I can't afford to settle because I'm, I'm called a Christian. I'm like Christ. <laughs> oh, not because I was raised in America or I went to church a couple of times or VBS or had an experience at camp. No, I'm a Christian because I'm following Jesus and he leads in glory. <laughs> so I'm, I've got to get my glory game up. Second Corinthians 3.18 is where it says this. And we all who with unveiled faces, other words, we don't have anything hindering us in our relationship with Jesus because of what he did on the cross with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed in his image with ever increasing glory. The older translation says from glory to glory, ever increasing glory. Has your glory stopped increasing? Now, where does it come from? It comes from the Lord and it's being increased in our life. That, that word being transformed right there, it's used four times in the New Testament, just four times. The word is metamorphu. Everybody say metamorphu. 
That's a fun word to say. Come on, that's you. You learned a little bit of Greek in church today, right? Metamorpho, and it's used four times. Two of the times it's used is when is in the Gospels. The same account is when the when the disciples see Jesus. You remember when Jesus is on the mountain? We call it a transfiguration, where Jesus's appearance was transformed. Metamorpho. It was used twice right there. Another place where it's used is in Romans chapter twelve, where it says that that our minds are being transformed, right? This is how we know the will of God, by our minds being metamorpho, transformed. The other place is right here in 1 Corinthians, right? We are being transformed. It, it doesn't say past tense, we were transformed. It says we are being transformed, metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis, which is what we talk about when we're talking about a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, right? We got visuals today, all kinds of visuals. So this, this is a, this is metamorpho, right? A caterpillar, not even a caterpillar, an egg right here that was laid by something, probably a butterfly. A butterfly woke up one morning on a branch and pooped these guys out. Metamorpho begins. And then they become these I think I said they, they, they don't poop them out. They lay them, lay these eggs. He laid these eggs down right there. And then they turned into these little worms, and that little worm turned into this one. And then if you guys have ever seen this process, when Mariah was a little girl, we caught a caterpillar in our backyard, and we watched the process. We brought it into this bomb at Dollar Tree, which I think it's not going to be Dollar Tree anymore. It's going to be like a dollar and a half tree or something. But we watched this process of this caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Do you remember this? And what happens is this, this little caterpillar spin, has a web. Who knew? The caterpillar has a, and he starts like spinning this web around and he's like, it's like aggressive, like violent behavior. He's like spinning and shaking and then it, just, and then it looks like nothing's happening, but it's, something is happening. Something is happening in that tension. Something is happening in that violence and all that. And then all of a sudden, it begins to open up. And you begin to see a butterfly come out. Guess what? Butterflies don't crawl anymore. They fly. They don't eat the same thing that they used to eat anymore, right? They're different. Remember that, that show? Oh, you want some? You, do you want some grass? I don't eat grass. What was that, what was that called? That was... Wasn't back. Wonder Pets. Wonder Pets taught us that. They have a different diet. They, they get around a different way. Listen, when you're being transformed, you live different than you used to live. Well, we, we say, I'll just add Jesus on. We don't preach much transformation. Listen, it all starts right here at repentance, but we have the renewed mind, and we're going through this life, and we are being transformed. What's the word? Metamorpho. That's you. You're being transformed. I hope you're different today than you were three weeks ago. I hope that you're somewhere in the process because the butterfly is going to become something else. That's a great glory, but there's a higher glory. Maybe it'll turn into a dove or something. That would be awesome. That's supernatural, right? But this, can we go back? But this is supernatural. I mean, this is a supernatural process. What? All right. Y'all okay? Psalm 92. 92. 92. I don't know what that is. But Psalm 92 says this. I love this. This has been a, a, a life staple verse for me. The righteous will flourish. Who? The righteous. Like a palm tree. They will grow 
like a cedar of Lebanon. How do you know if you're righteous or not? I'm growing. I didn't have an experience. I'm having experiences, right? I'm having encounters. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Remember that. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Come on. Even when, they, when it doesn't make sense for them to bear fruit, even after they've been doing it for most of their life, they're still bearing fruit. They will stay fresh and green. Even when they're old, they're still fresh. Now, one thing that we know about old things is they're usually not very fresh. <laughs> Come on, whether it be the old thing in your pantry or the old thing that you've been living with for 50 years, right? That person, right? So we don't typically, living things usually don't stay fresh and green. But this says the righteous do. Come on, I'm holding on to that. Proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. They have a voice. They have a declaration. So let's talk about these cedars of Lebanon. Some of you have heard me talk about this before. Now, Lebanon is known for its cedars. In fact, if you look at a Lebanese flag, like the one that I have behind me, you will see that a Lebanese flag has a cedar tree on it. That is a cedar of Lebanon. That's what they're known for. We got a picture of a real one, I think. So check this out. Isn't that pretty? Oh, so pretty. Okay. Psalm 104. I told you I got the visuals today. Psalm 104, 16. Check this out, what, the, what it says about the cedars of Lebanon. The trees of the Lord are well cared for. The cedars of Lebanon, which he planted. So cedar, the cedars of Lebanon are the Lord's trees. You're a cedar of Lebanon. You will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. This is, what, this is why they're so famous. Okay, and they might not be famous to you. You just know about cedar. But is it Lebanese cedar, right? So this is the thing about, about these cedar trees, right? First of all, they're majestic. 120 feet high. And you saw it looks really wide. Up to 120 feet high. Up to 36 feet around. Branches can span up to 100 feet out. I mean, you got to have some thick branches to be able to go out that far. Majestic, glorious. Second thing is they're evergreen. You know what it means to be evergreen? That means you don't know seasons. You're not affected by seasons. You grow through seasons. You grow through hard seasons. You stay green in winter. See, some of y'all going through winter right now. Some of y'all going through drought right now, but guess what? If you're well-rooted, If you're well-rooted, you'll be like a cedar of Lebanon. If you're righteous, you'll grow through the most difficult seasons. You might not know that you're growing. It might not feel like you're growing, but when you get on the other side, if you will stay rooted, you'll see that growth has happened. We're always growing. It's always, for the believer, it's always growth season. Sometimes it's root, sometimes it's fruit, but it's always growth season. The third thing is this, is that they're resistant and repellent of pests. You might know this. This is why we have cedar in our closets to keep the moths away, right? Why? Because there's something about that smell, that glorious smell that, that insects despise and weather. Cedar's the best wood under weather. It's better than oak or anything else. The next thing is it's uh, longevity. There's the word, longevity. It's not uncommon for these trees to live a thousand years. Sometimes that's not uncommon. Sometimes 3,000 years. They last a long time. 
the work of God in you lasts a long time. But, but listen, this is what's cool. The work that God is doing in you right now, no matter how insignificant you might think, maybe it's just a little thing. Did you know that God is going to work off that thing for the next 10 billion years? Come on. So good. It's your 10 billion year plan. My 10 billion year plan is to look more like Jesus. I think in 10 billion years, I'll look a lot more like him than I do today. The, the next thing is that they're useful. Hmm. Some of y'all feel useless. Not cedars of Lebanon. They're useful. In fact, it was the best wood in the world when the scriptures were written. It was used in ships. It was used in temples. It was used in pagan temples. It was, get this, it was used to build God's temple. Come on, you're useful. God's going to use you to build his house. He's going to use you. And the next thing, the sixth thing is this, and we talked a lot about this in the last series, is they're fragrant. They're fragrant. Cedar is fragrant. We, we had a deck uh, built this summer and, a, and a, a porch built over our deck, and they put these big old cedar planks on there. And you walk out there, and it's just fragrant. It just smells so good, right? We are the fragrance of Christ. And you carry a fragrance. We spent a whole series on that uh, just weeks ago, so you can go back and listen to that. Now, all these things that we just talked about, all that the, these trees provide for us, those are all really the fruit of that tree, right? We look at that tree and we go, oh man, cedar trees are awesome. Look at them, how beautiful they are. Look how much they benefit our lives. But get this, flourishing is a byproduct. All the things, the, the majestic nature, the, the, the repelling insects, the longevity, all the things, they're just byproducts. They're just the fruit of that tree. They might not have a, like an apple, but there's a lot of fruit from that tree. There's a lot that we benefit from, from that tree, but that's all byproduct. That's all byproduct because they have a good root system. Get this. You don't perform fruit. You produce it. And, so, and there's a lot of people in the body of Christ today. They perform fruit. This is the problem that Jesus had with the religious. They performed fruit. What the problem is, is when you perform fruit, you expect everybody else to perform like you do. But when you're fruitful, when you're producing fruit and it's coming out naturally, it inspires people and it causes people want to be that way also. But you don't get it by forcing it. You can't force fruit. You can force frustration. And that's exactly what happens when we perform fruit. Well, it's supposed to look at it this way, so I do it that way. Hopefully you want to do what's righteousness. What's righteous? What honors the Lord? See, we only flourish naturally if we're rooted deeply. Now, what you don't do when you see these cedar trees and go, wow, look at that root system. Can you, you drive by a big old cedar tree, you look at that that tree on the flag, you don't go, well, I wonder what its roots look like. This is the thing. The roots roots on that tree are a three-to-one ratio. So every, for every 10 feet above the ground that that tree grows, there's 30 feet below the surface. How many know that a lot of your growth is hidden? A lot of your growth is in the secret place. A lot of your growth is in the hidden place. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to recognize it. Not till later. But I'm telling you, if you will commit to develop root, you will not have to perform fruit 
it'll start flowing out of your life. People will start looking and go, man, there is something about you that you smell a little different. Why? Because you are well rooted. In fact, that word cedar in the Hebrew language actually means this, firmness of root. Firmness of root. You know why cedar trees are so great? Well, because they have all these purposes. That's great. But what makes them great is what happens beneath the surface. What happens is they've grown from strength to strength. They've grown from glory to glory. And sometimes that glory isn't visible by other people. But we, as the body of Christ, we grow by knowing Jesus. So we grow from strength to strength. We grow from glory to glory. And we grow from knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus. We're being reintroduced to Jesus. Now, Paul is in the middle of writing two-thirds of the New Testament. Y'all okay? Get this. Philippians, Paul's writing, and he knows the Lord. Like, he's had, like, some serious, I mean, mean, God's using him to to pen two-thirds of the New Testament. That's a pretty big deal. He's pretty spiritual, I would say. I would say that he's more spiritual than all of us together, right? And so God's using him. And he's writing this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. He says this. Now, now understand this about Paul. Paul's history is he, is he performed fruit a long time. He was very religious. But then he was like, oh, man, I had an encounter with God. Now I'm producing fruit. And so he says this. Everything, all the things that I've done in my life, my career that I had built, Everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Some translations say counting it as dung. So that I could gain Christ. All my accomplishments, all my performance, rubbish that I might know him. And then he says this. Now, he's in connection. He's in relationship. In verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. Well, hold up. I thought you already knew Christ. I mean, didn't you meet him on the way to Damascus? He's like, yes, I did. But I want to know him. I want to know him. We go from knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power. Didn't you already experience him? Yeah, I want to experience him again. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Didn't you already have a revelation of God's love? Didn't he do something in your marriage? Didn't he do something in your kids' lives? Didn't he do something at work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to experience him. But don't you already know him pretty good? Is your theology pretty figured out? Yeah, yeah. But I want to know him. Because I'm going from knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus. And the revelation that I'm getting right now is based upon the revelation that I had before. And it's blowing me away. I'm still getting wrecked by God. I'm like almost 30 years into this thing and I'm still being going, whoa, who are you? I want to know you a little bit more. And this is where Paul's at. I want to know him. What's your goal, Paul? To know him. What's your 10 billion year plan, Paul? To know him. To experience him. I want to suffer with him. Woo! Let's go ahead and scribble that little part out. (laughs) Pastor Josh, could you put those three dots right there, please? All right. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that next week, suffering. 
I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. And he does. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. This attaining, this reaching, this getting to the pinnacle. That I've already reached perfection. But I press on. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. I want to know him the way that he knows me. I want to know the insides and outs. I want to grow from knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus. So we grow from strength to strength, not from sustained moment to sustained moment. We grow from glory to glory, not just a caterpillar, but caterpillars and doves, whatever. I want to grow from knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus. Well, how do you do that? You cultivate your roots. You cultivate your roots. You get well-rooted in Jesus. Let, let, me, let, me, let me share with you guys. This is an old illustration. Some of y'all have seen this before. And um, this is called golf balls and rice, by the way. So th- this, is, this is all the things in your life. And then this is like your relationship with the Lord. And so what we do is we get all the things in our life, and we, then, we try to, then we try to fit like the plans of God in. And guess what? It just don't fit in there. It don't fit. It just, it just don't work very well. It's just not, it's not happening. If I try to carry this across the room, it'd fall apart. But this is what I've learned, beloved. If I will get before the Lord and seek first the kingdom and all of his righteousness, and I'll put Jesus at the center of my life, then what happens is it says that all these things will be added unto you. They'll be added. There might need to be a little bit of shaking. There might need to be a little bit of sorting. But it'll all be added. It'll all be added. It'll all be added. It'll all just fit into my life. Everything will just come in and just fit perfectly. Why? Because I've got my priorities straight. Because I've established my roots. And when my roots are established, everything else begins to fall into place. Thank you, mijo. So how do we cultivate roots? How? How do we do that? Number one, we're persistent in Christ. Just like Paul said, I want to know him. Are you hungry? Do you want to know him? Are you satisfied with the knowledge that you have? I hope you're not. Because <laughs> he's so much deeper than you can imagine. What right. is it though? I, I remember talking to a guy one time who had been in the Lord for a while. I th- think he was in the Lord. But after he said this, I wasn't real sure. He's like, oh, I've read the Bible. <laughs> Maybe he didn't let it read you. <laughs> I prayed the prayer. <laughs> Maybe he didn't fall prey to it, right? So we got to be persistent in Christ. Colossians 2, verse 6. And now, just as you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord. Come on, who's done that? accepted him. We, we received the Lord. Listen, just as you've accepted him, you must continue to follow him. It's not just about that experience. Like we are growing in him. Then he says this, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built upon him. Then your faith will grow strong. I just don't have any faith. Are you rooted in Christ? Your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow, come on, with thankfulness. You'll be a grateful person. Why? Because everything in your life is great. 
No, because you're rooted in Jesus. And being rooted in Jesus is very satisfactory. <laughs> Come on, it is, it's very satisfying to be in the Lord. But, it, but it's not a complacent place that we get. We don't, we don't get satisfied so much that we're like, we don't anymore. We get satisfied to go, man, I'm, my heart is so full and I just want some more. Bring it on, Lord. This is the deal. 90%, 90%, I'll be safe to say that. I probably used to say 95%. 90% of the things that you struggle with in your life, you want me to give you the key to life? This is the key to life. If you said, Pastor, teach me one thing. If, there, if there's one principle that you can teach me that will help me grow in Jesus, what would that be? It would be this. Read your Bible, pray every day. I believe this. I believe that the, that the emotional issues that you deal with, I believe the character issues that you deal with, I believe that the work ethic issues that you deal with, all the dysfunction in your life can be aligned in about 20 minutes a day. If you will just develop roots in Christ, and this is what I, I talk to people when they have issues. I'm like, well, have you prayed about it? Well, not as much as I should. Well, there you go. Not as much as you should which means that you tried to pray, but you didn't root yourself in prayer. That you maybe tried to read the word, but you didn't root yourself in the word of God. 90% of, of the things that you struggle with can be solved in your daily time with the Lord. How do you know? Because I've been doing it for a long time. And I was, and I was preaching this same message 25 years ago. See, there's, there's a song that we used to sing, and it went like this. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow. Right? Some of y'all grew up in church, you know that. I grew up in church, but not until I was 18, and then I started growing up in church. But I learned that song. You, that's a great song. You know why? Because it's true. You read your Bible, you pray every day, that's how you build a relationship with Jesus. If you don't read your Bible and you don't pray, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You are not living the Christian life if you are not following Jesus. Let me be clear to you, beloved. Reading your Bible and praying every day is essential. It's not, a, it's not a thing that I can get around to it. It is the core, I can tell you, the core of your life. Your relationship with Christ, being persistent in him, being steady in him, making sure that you read your Bible. Even if you don't have much time, you pull up your Bible app on your way to work and you listen to the scriptures. And you turn off the radio or turn off the pack podcast and you just pray in your car. If that's all you got, then that's all you got. But I'm telling you, you need to have a time and you need to have a place where you can get along with God and deal with all the struggles that you're going through. We'll spend money, we'll spend money on everything else and avoid this little bit of time that the Lord is asking us. I don't get it. There are no shortcuts to spiritual health. This is how you get there. How do I get healthy spiritual? You stay connected to Jesus. You get well-rooted. And baby, when you read your Bible and you pray every day, when the storms of life come, you go, you know what? I'm just going to stand here. I'm a tree. And it's hard and it's difficult, but things are still perching on me. It's crazy. People are still finding shade under me. But what did you do? Mom and daddy just told you, you just got to read your Bible and pray every day. What's following Jesus look like? Read your Bible, pray every day. And you'll grow, grow, grow. I got ahead of myself. Here we go. Relationship is required for Christianity to work. And some of you are claiming Christ. You're claiming that Christianity is your religion, but you're not following Jesus because you're following, you're following a system or you're following someone else's walk or what the preacher is telling you, but you are not in a relationship with the one that you're following. 
I'm not mad at you. I'm not frustrated at you. I'm just telling you, you're saying this Christianity thing isn't working. No, you're not working it. You're not in relationship with the Lord. It's not that hard. The, the fact is, every person in this room is addicted to spending time with the Lord. And when you don't feed that addiction, you have a malfunction. <laughs> and I guarantee you, there's somebody in the room that knows when I haven't been reading my Bible and praying. <laughs> Three of them are right here. Four, five staff is like, <laughs> he must have skipped a day this week. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't mean that every day is perfect, but I'm telling you, most of the issues will be solved there. Um, I've ran into people before. I remember when I, when I was serving the Lord, I moved to El Paso, and there was this woman in our church, and she had been serving the Lord longer than me. I'd only been serving the Lord at that time, oh gosh, maybe, maybe six years, and uh, maybe seven years. And she, she said, she kept saying this. She kept saying, well, I'm a baby Christian. And I'm like, well, how long have you been serving the Lord? Like, I'm like, I was like, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Like, because I've been reading my Bible and praying every day. And I'm probably a little prideful and need to lay some things down for sure at that time of my life. And she, and, and she kept saying that. I'm a baby. And she was excusing all this stuff in her life. And I'm like, well, what are you? And I'm thinking, <laughs> and say it to her. But I'm thinking, like, what, what are you going to do to grow up? Are you just going to go to church? Like, that's not going to grow you up very fast. Like, you're going to grow really, really slow. If, if your spiritual walk looks like attending church or listening to a podcast, <laughs> not going to help you. Why well, listen to Stephen Furtick every week? Not going to help you. I listen to Bishop. Yeah, it, it's not going to help you if you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Quit, listen, quit, <laughs> quit negating your responsibilities and feeding off somebody else's. Come on. First Peter chapter two, verse two and three, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So I've tasted that the Lord is good. Now I crave the Lord. You don't have to tell a baby to crave milk, right? Once they taste the milk, they're like, I like milk. Wow, I don't got it. Milk. I've got all kinds of stories of breastfeeding. People I've walked in the room on. Some of them are in this room. Yeah, it's, it's all, all on me. I'm just not very careful. Um, listen, newborns don't need to be told that they need milk. They crave it. The desire in us to grow in Christ is instinctive. But there's no shortcuts. You've got to not just crave the milk. You've got to drink the milk. You have a Bible. <laughs> it's spiritual milk. If you're going to grow healthy, you're going to have to get in your Bible. You're not going to get a devoted Christian life by scrolling on Facebook or Instagram. Go to my influence. How do I encourage myself in the Lord? Go to Instagram. That's a good way to discourage yourself in the Lord. Get out your Bible and get your nose in this thing. Eventually, you'll need more than just milk, by the way. You'll need meat, and Scripture talks about that. But what you need more than that is you need to be able to meal prep. <laughs> you need to be able to meal prep. We talk about milk. You know, it's funny. I see so many people so devoted to fitness and so devoted to their bodies and so devoted to their, their 
their wokeness. And I'm like, dude, like you're, and you're talking about how like much you're struggling with your faith. I'm like, I don't ever see you post anything about the Lord. Come on. I see you posting your wine glass on there. It's like, but you're not putting anything about the Lord. Like you're obsessed with everything else in life, but you're not like, this isn't the most important thing. Your fun is the most important thing. Not hating on it, any social media, but come on. This is this is where we're rooted. So the word and prayer. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you go, go, go. The word. So how, Pastor, I'm new at this. How do I read my Bible? One verse at a time. There's a lot of verses. You don't know where to start? Start in the New Testament. Start in the book of John. Start in Psalms. Don't start. I've read Revelation. I like Dungeons, I like Dungeons and Dragons and the book of Revelation. We know. Let's go larking. Larping, larking or LARPing? LARPing. Sorry, I said it wrong. Like anime and the book of Revelation. It's so true. Right, baby? It's okay. This is the deal. With the word, don't measure the distance. Measure the depth. Don't measure distance. Measure depth. Get into the word until the word gets into you. Just get into the word until the word gets into you. Spend a month. I, I'll, I do all kinds of crazy different plans. So typically what I'll do is I'll read two chapters, and the next day I'll read the last chapter of my two from yesterday, and I'll read that one again and read the next one. That way I'm reading the same chapter twice. Why? Because I'm not trying to get through the Bible in a year. That's great. I'm just trying to get the Bible into me. And so for me, it's like getting in it and getting in and getting it. Let, let me encourage you in this. I'm just trying to give you some tips today. Get you a paper Bible, beloved. I went back to a paper Bible probably, I don't know, roughly 10 years ago. I was using the digital thing. And I can tell you that it's just a lot easier to underline and to write and to go back and find this way than it is scrolling because I can't scroll back to that point where I know it's like on that page up on the right hand corner. I know it was right there in Psalms somewhere kind of like 94. And if I'm scrolling, I'm not going to be able to find that. And so when you, when you get before the Lord at the word, get you a paper Bible. If you don't have one, we'll get you one and then get yourself something to write in like a journal. Like this is what I have. So what is, what is, this is what my sermon prep people. I've had people come up like, where do you get all that stuff you preach from? I'm like the Bible. Like I, <laughs> I hope. It's like, I'm spending time in the Word. And I'm writing, the, and I write down my thoughts in this book. So all the sermons that you guys hear, they're all, they all start right here on paper when I'm reading the Bible. And I'm like, boom, oh, well, I'm thinking about this subject of growth. So anytime I read and something goes, oh, my God. Or I know that I'm preaching about blessing in a month. So I'm like, oh, that's there. And I'll write it down. And so I have all this stuff. And then I, I, I have a a place for it. Or I have a note. I also have a note on my phone. I just got notes everywhere. I'm, it's, it's a mess. It's a glorious mess. And so get into the word until the word gets into the, the other thing is prayer. We devoted a whole series earlier this year called our father that goes through the Lord's prayer. We have these bookmarks somewhere. I have one in my Bible here somewhere. I've got like 40 of them in my different books and places. We've got them right out there. Just God through the Lord's prayer and pray, go back and listen to that. Learn how to pray. You don't have to be awesome. You just got to be sincere. <laughs> you just got to be before the Lord. There, there, here's another a method. There's, a, there's a, a method called SOAP, S-O-A-P. Scripture, 
Observation, application, and prayer. Read a scripture, observe it in its context. What is it saying around there? Not, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to go play basketball. You're missing it. Read the whole thing. Apply it to your life. Well, how does that fit? Well, I know how to be beat down, and I know how to, like, succeed and be successful, but it's none of those things that give me strength. It's the Lord. Application. And then pray about it. Lord, I can endure because you're in me. And I can grow through this season. So that's how you do it. Another thing that we have here at Overflow is we developed this thing called 21 Days or More. And if you're a guest or you've been a guest recently, you got one of these in your, in your guest bag. And so we provide these little devotionals. It's just 21 days through the book of John just to help you. It's got little prayer starters, little journal spot where you can write in there. And we have these. They're available in the cafe. They're five bucks. If you don't have five bucks, we'll give you one. But you probably have five bucks. So buy one. Or you can go on Amazon and you can get one. It's just 21 Days or More. just helps you out. Because some people are like, well, I don't know where to start. Well, here, we'll help you. If you can't afford one, we'll give you one. Or you can buy one, or you can buy 50 of them. We don't have 50. Don't buy 50. You can buy 10 of them and give them away. So read your Bible and pray. The next thing is this. I'll hurry. Is to be plugged into the house. First is this. Persistent in Christ. Number two, plugged into the house. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. What is that talking about? Sit, stand, sit, life, right? But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, or you can even say the word of the Lord, and who meditates on his law or his word day and night. That person is like a tree. Oh, there it is. Planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season. Now the Hebrew actually renders it this way. Bears its root in every season. And whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. So what is it talking about? He's saying those that are planted in the house of the Lord. And we talk about the house of the Lord, we are talking about where the Lord dwells, his presence. But we're also talking about how does he dwell? Where does he dwell? He dwells in his people. So the Lord dwells in his people. So it's important that we get plugged into the home, the house, the body of Christ. This is one of the way you the ways that you grow because somebody else is outgrowing you in certain areas and you need to be around that person so you can grow in that area, right? Acts 2, what does it say? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. So listen, they weren't just devoted to Jesus. They were devoted to one another. This is why we're always preaching next steps. Are you in a group? Are you going through deeper track? Are you in a relationship with the people in the room? Are you going to lunch afterwards? Are you doing that? Why? Because you need to be planted in the house of the Lord. You need to be planted in God's, in God, in God's people because we value, we, so we value family here at Overflow, right? We value family because we follow Jesus together, right? We value family. Why? Why do we value family? Because those that are rooted in the family grow. It's roots. Y'all okay? So the disciples weren't just devoted to Jesus. They were devoted to one another. And listen, if you want to grow, it's not just you and Jesus. That's broken. It's not just this. It's also this. This is why church is important. I love online. I love you guys that are watching. But that's why being in the room is important. Because we need to be interacting. Not just receiving. So there's these trees in California called sequoias, right? You guys have heard of these trees? They're huge. They're, they're great and glorious. This one's called General Sherman. It's the oldest known one. 
uh, it's 275 feet tall, 25 feet in diameter, and it's approximately 2,500 years old. That's a pretty serious tree. Some of the trees in this park have a hole cut inside of them, big enough to drive a car through, and they still survive. That's a lot of damage for that tree. I mean, nobody would do that in 2021. Let's just cut a hole in it so cars can drive through. Yeah. Right? PETA or whatever the person like PETA is for trees. We don't cut holes in trees. We hug trees. Go hug them. Sorry if you hug trees. Bless you. We like firewood. So. Back to the hole in the tree. So these trees, they're... Super durable, big, majestic, similar to cedars in the sense of their stability. But this is the deal. Their roots aren't really that deep. Their roots are only about 6 to 12 feet deep. Crazy. I know. I read that. I was like, whoa. Here I'm, I'm, that's not really fit my sermon, Lord. But it is. Because the thing with their root systems is redwoods don't grow alone. Redwoods grow with other redwoods. And so what happens is their root system is connected to the other root systems of the redwoods and the forest. They depend upon the forest. They depend upon the root system of the forest. And I'm telling you, in this room right now, there's root systems all around this room. And when you're going through a marriage difficulty and they're going through an addiction, guess what? You might not be strong in the moment, but we got you. We'll hold you up when that wind is blowing. We got you when you're struggling, when all hell breaks loose, when your boss won't get off your back, when your marriage looks like it's crumbling, when your kid gets gets a bad diagnosis, guess what? We got you. We got the roots for you. But you're not good enough on your own. You're not that deep, but baby, we wide. We wide. And we follow Jesus together. And we're connected like an army. Linked arms. Going through hell with a water pistol. We can do it. How? Because we're well connected. We're well connected. The third point is this, and I'm not going to talk a lot about it, is this, that we're pointed towards purpose. We're pointed towards purpose. How do we cultivate roots? We're persistent in Christ. We have a relationship with the Lord. We have a devotional life with the Lord. We're plugged into the house. Listen, don't just, don't attend church. Get plugged into church. Have relationships in church. We're plugged into the house. And number three, we're pointed towards purpose, that we are actually living out our purpose. We're living out providing shade. We're living out providing aroma, providing the beauty of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will be called oaks of righteousness. I'm going to talk about this next week. They will be called oaks of righteousness. You know what it's talking about? It's not talk, the, the oaks of righteousness isn't the educated. It isn't those that were raised right or any. It's, it's all the broken ones. But the Lord said, I want to display on them. But we're just pointed towards purpose. And our purpose is to display the glory of the Lord. And Pastor Joshua is going to talk about that in a couple of weeks and what that looks like, living that out practically day to day. Thank you so much for joining us at church today. Please subscribe to this channel and hit the bell for future notifications. We pray that you have a blessed week and we can't wait to encounter Jesus with you online.